Welcome to the first episode of The Reading Lounge. It's exciting. Yes, we're super excited to be here and, and get started on our podcast. So for the first episode, Sarah and I have chosen a book called The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. And we have a cocktail to go along with that, right? Yes, and today um, we selected a cocktail named Fate for this episode, which you'll soon understand if you haven't read the book already. And this cocktail was designed by John Rothstein for Kate Winslet's character in The Reader. Have you read The Reader? I actually haven't read The Reader. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. that's something we should do. Yeah, <laughs> something I should <laughs> the do. the cocktail was for that. <laughs> I'll add it to my TBR list. Um, and so this cocktail served at a restaurant in New York City, and the recipe will be in our show notes. Um, so, Cindy, before we get started, time for you to pick... Pick the straw. The so we decided, straw. yeah, the fate straw. So either a short straw or a long straw. Okay, so I'm so going to pick. you can pick right hand or left hand. I'm going to pick what's in Sarah's left hand. Okay, so I'm afraid to tell you, Cindy, oh. you have drawn the short, the short straw. straw. Well, that, you know, some things are fate. That's, know, that's right? the way it goes. But okay. let's try this cocktail. Yeah, let's let's give a sip. Mm. Mm. I think that it's really delicious. very delicious. So if you have the opportunity... As you're reading the measure, go to the show notes, get the recipe. It's very brunchy. Um, it tastes like a delicious mimosa. Yeah, it tastes like a fancy, better. A fancy mimosa. Fancy yeah, mimosa. Fancy mimosa. So give that, give that a try. Okay. Sarah's going to give us a little, uh, give all of us and all of you a little recap of yes. the measure. Okay, so I'll just start with just a brief summary of the book for those of you who haven't read it yet. But it's eight ordinary people, one extraordinary choice. It seems like any other day. You wake up, pour a cup of coffee, and head out. But today, when you open your front door, waiting for you is a small wooden box. This box holds this box holds your fate inside, the answer to the exact number of years you will live. From suburban doorsteps to desert tents, every person on every continent receives the same box. In an instant, the world is thrust into a collective frenzy, where did these boxes come from? What do they mean? Is there truth to what they promise? As society comes together and pulls apart, everyone faces the same shocking choice. Do they wish to know how long they'll live? And if so, what will they do with the knowledge? So, I guess, first off, Cindy, what did yeah. you think of the book? Did so, you like the book? I did, I did like the book. I did. Um, I will say it took me a little time to really get to the main point of the book I guess maybe it's the way my mind works when I first started reading it you understand the premise mm -hmm. of what happens that it is based on these strings these ind uh, indestructible strings that people all receive every adult receives so my mind goes to where did these come from is this supposed to be divine intervention is this so I wanted to get all wrapped up in that and of course that's not the point of her story so while we don't she doesn't necessarily arc into into that of focusing on where they came from it's more about the choices of what it what it does and how it impacts people's lives and society. And I think she does a good job of, of creating a set of relationships among basically eight main characters. Right. And they're each connected directly in a relationship. And then you see some other connections throughout the book and, um, and through their lives. And I think when I finish the book and look back on it, I realize, yeah, that was she was very skillful in how she she did that. And I really did. Um, I really did enjoy it. 
Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to look past um, everyone getting a box all over the country and every continent <laughs> at one time. And the strings are also indestructible. Yeah. So nothing you could do to destroy the box. Right. Um, you have so, to make a leap of faith. Yeah, and you, you have to suspend have to reality mm-hmm. for a bit. But it allows her to get to that kind of big existential question of right. what's life about? Is it about how long you live or what you do with the time you have? Right. I would say I liked, I liked the book. Like, I don't know if I the book but I definitely liked it mostly just because I thought it's a good it makes you think right makes you think about your life the measure of your life um and if you would want to know if your life is gonna right and that's why when you really get through the book you realize the title itself has multiple meanings I mean one when everybody does receive these boxes and after a period of time when people understand they're of different lengths and and you become to understand that they're very definite Mm-hmm. in in the time frame um it's about the measure of your string right that the physical measure of the string becomes incredibly important to people for those who choose to open their box but of course it also reflects into how do you measure a life right right and so i Is think it the uh, length of your yeah. life versus you know the quality of your life right so the meaning the, the title it becomes uh, very meaningful as you as you work through the book right I guess that is, let's start with the obvious question. Um, if the box arrived on your doorstep, which I guess I'm assuming it does, since right. it did to everybody, would you open it? Why or why not? Would you open it right away? I don't think I'd open it right away. I think, well, I don't know. I do like presents and packages, so <laughs> maybe I would, but I I think. Like, did um, I order something from Amazon? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um I think ultimately, so I'm kind of torn. In a, I'd love to say that I wouldn't open it, right? That I would live my life, just just go with it and let the unknown be the unknown and, and go with it. But honestly, I, I probably would. And not necessarily for, for myself, but, you know, we both had children. And so I think I'd want to know mm-hmm. to prepare them. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully you have a long string, but if you didn't, um, you, you kind of want your loved ones to be prepared and kind of work through that. So I, I wish I, I wish I'd be able to withhold, but I don't think I would. (laughs) I think I would open it. What about you? Well, I think when it first arrived, I think whenever you get a strange box to your door, although this time of year, I do get a lot of strange boxes (laughs) because we're preparing for the holidays, but I would say, yeah, I don't think I would open it immediately just until maybe I heard a little more about it. But once it was definitely confirmed, you know, what's in it and, you know, what it represents. Yeah, I, I'm a planner. So mm-hmm. I, I would not be able to just have it sit there and not open it. Because um, like you said, too, I think I would, as hard as it would be to know how long your life would last, you would want to prepare, right? Just, it, especially it, like you said, right. for your loved ones. and Right. But the next question is, would you live your life differently? If you knew. Yeah. So if I knew, so since you got your short straw. Right. <laughs> right. So my, my straw's long. Yeah, your sounds longer than mine. Yeah, so I don't know, because there's a lot about in the book, like short stringers living differently than long stringers, um, but both were taking more risks, right? Because mm-hmm. the people with the long string felt like, oh, they were, you know, um, unstoppable because they wouldn't die. Um, so then they started taking more risks. But then the short stringers, you know, I don't have that much longer to live. Why don't I jump out of a plane or whatever? Right. Right. So I think for me, with either, with either string, I know, I'm not sure I would live my life that differently. Mm-hmm. It's probably mostly because of my age, maybe. Right. But 
I don't think I would be like all of a sudden be a risk taker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know if I have like a big bucket list either that I want to finish before I die. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so either. I think I'd, I think I think about my day-to-day work and if I want to continue that. Right. And if I had the means to not to, I might make a change there. But generally speaking, I think I, you know, I, I wouldn't live it. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that about work too, because the characters that had meaningful work, even like um, Hank, right, who was a doctor, um, just started to question if that was meaningful enough for what he was doing. And so I think a lot of people would potentially quit their jobs, right? right. If you're not doing, like, and maybe try to do something meaningful, make a mark on the world right. before you Do something pass. you love before your time, before right. your time is up. So, right. yeah, you mentioned Hank. So there's a set of, the way I looked at it, there's eight main characters and there's some peripheral characters, mm-hmm. of course, but eight main characters and kind of four relationships, I guess, right? So you've got Nina and Moira. Yeah, Nina and Moira. Who are in a long-term, kind of a long-term mm-hmm. relationship, deciding what to do next. Then you've got uh, Amy and Ben, who are kind of this burgeoning. At first, mm-hmm. they don't even know each other. They're communicating by as a pen pal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come to realize that they're very um, suitable for each other and do end up meeting, and it becomes a burgeoning romance. And you've got Jack and Javier, the friends, mm-hmm. two young men. And then I think the final one you mentioned, Hank, who's the doctor. Then you have Anthony, the politician, who aren't, they don't necessarily have a relationship, but they're thrown into a situation in which their lives intertwine, their lives intertwine mm-hmm. um, uh, for, for a moment in time. So which relationship did you like best? Well, I liked, um, I liked the whole Ben and Amy story because I thought that was just really interesting because Amy did not open her string. Right. So she's going to live her life, you know, just as she norm as she would without knowing. And I think, like you said, to her age, she's younger. She didn't have children to th- think about. It was really just herself living her life. So I could see maybe making that decision if I was her age. Um, but I liked how they met, you know, through happenstance, I guess, by reading each other's letters it was a little far-fetched that all of a sudden they came together. Hey, you're A, I'm B, or whatever. Right. But um, I just liked the way that that story um, played out. And I felt bad that Ben's, was it his fiance? I think it was his fiance, right? Correct. That left him. Right. When they opened their boxes and opened saw their, their strings. And... and I think she, didn't she open his box? She, she, you're right. Yeah. She, right. She did open the box without even telling him. And that set off a chain of events for him, obviously. Yeah. So would you, if you opened your, when you open your box, since we both decided we would, would you open it with your spouse or mm. by alone? Hmm. Because I get how you would need emotional support. I do, but I also get, I, for me, I need to process some emotions first, I think, mm. before I could be supportive to anybody else too, right? Because obviously we don't know what our partner's right. string would look like. So I think I'd want to open it by myself first. Mm. And then kind of process whatever whatever it is and be prepared to help the partner go through. Right. If I know what my string is, well, their string might be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what would you do? What do you do if their, their strings are about the same? What do you do if one's significantly longer than the other? Um, yeah, I think I'd have to open it alone. Yeah, right. Because Claire, when she opened Ben's, you know, it was, it was a betrayal. And then she came out crying, I think, and was comforting him. And she 
he thought maybe her string was short, but it turns out she was crying because his string was his short. His string was short, and right. And he was comforting her. Right. And she had the long string. Right. Like, I think he said when his parents eventually, when he eventually told his parents and they hugged him, he had realized that Claire had never even, like, reached out to him to, like, comfort him. Right. Yet. So, so that's kind of an interesting point, right? It actually, it it saved him, perhaps, from a relationship that mm-hmm. probably wasn't going to work for him in the long run, right? Because right. your character, uh, the, everybody's human character really came out, right, with, right, around these strings and how they chose to use that information of their own string and other strings, which we see in The Politician, where the strings become weaponized mm-hmm. versus short stringers versus long stringers, which is an analogy, I think, for how you know, prejudice in this world, um, any difference is exploited mm-hmm. to, to for power. Um, so I think that she was skillful in bringing that out too and, and still focusing on the individual relationships, but right, showing like the bigger, picture, the bigger picture of what happens in society when something like this, um, mm-hmm. if something like this were, were to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, or something different. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Yeah, I, I also did like the relationship between Javier and Jack, the two mm-hmm. young men in the military, mm-hmm. and 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 how one of them chose to um, take their strings and use them in a way to kind of serve a purpose for himself and for and for his friend. Right. Um, so I thought that was yeah, really Jack didn't want a military career; he was kind of forced into it right. by his family. And then Javier wanted it more than anything and wanted to, you know, have a worthy life. And he thought being in the military and doing something for his country was the best way for him to make a difference, I guess, in the world. Right. So they had to get get around the fact that, again, society and our politicians and leadership, people in power is probably the better way to put it, chose to start to weaponize the strings and make forcing people to make decisions based on the length of their string um, and those two making an active choice, or at least Jack, to to get around that, circumvent mm-hmm. that process to to support his friend. So yeah, I thought that was a very good relationship. And again, looking back on the book, you're reading through it. it they're very short chapters. Mm-hmm. Every chapter is just the it's name just a of person. a person, mm-hmm. and then you're getting some um, some emotion and some you know kind of plot from those individual characters. Um, so it's an easy read. It's a quick read. And as after you finish the book, you really see the inner how these characters are so intertwined. And she did it again very quickly and very skillfully. And at the end, it kind of um, that that connectivity is is made clear, mm-hmm. and um, it really results in again it, it causing the reader to think, which I think is what great novels are supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Like would it, it's just interesting. I think like um, the well, the, how Claire just broke up with them, how relationships ended. Like I mean we've been married a long time. Like you can't even imagine like, well, sorry, your string is short. You know, so goodbye. Gotta go. I'm out of here. So, and just like um, Mora and Nina, of course, like they didn't even, like Nina didn't even consider ending. It. Right. In fact, they got married. Right. right. They did end up getting married, but the, but the, the, the emotional kind of trauma they go through, at least mm-hmm. one of those characters goes through to mm-hmm. make that decision. Mm-hmm. Because it is, it puts all these questions in your mind that you have to think about, about if I, we do marry. Well, if one dies early, we have to be mm-hmm. okay with that. And are we okay with that? And, and if know, we had children, right? Like, what happens? Do I want to raise them alone? Right. So, right. So now, of course, in life, we make these decisions without knowing. Um, but I don't know if it's better to know or to not know. And 
yeah, I think that's the whole point of the book. It's kind of, it's really an existential question. The question, mm-hmm. how do you choose to live your life? Um, and if you knew how long your life was, would that make a difference to you? Mm-hmm. And we see it play out in the, in these relationships of these, of these characters, which I think she does very well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so looking at the, the author, Nikki Ehrlich, um, I had never heard of her before, admittedly, mm-hmm. when I, when we picked up this book and come to find out she, this is her first novel. She is a writer, mm-hmm. but mostly writer of features and travel, and uh, apparently she's done some ghost writing for individuals in places of um, power, I guess, CEOs and government types to, oh, to produce, yeah, produce their stories. But I don't know what a degree in global thought is, but that's what she has. She has a master's degree in global thought. I have no sounds idea what smart. that means. It sounds yeah. She and she went to Harvard, so she sounds oh, very gosh. smart. I was just yes. going to say. Well, she's probably been exposed to so many different lives of people all over the world, it sounds like, in business and in different countries. So I think she did kind of want to bring in a global perspective, right? Like she talked about North Korea, mm-hmm. you know, not allowing people to open up their right. boxes eventually. Right. 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 So again, yeah, it's very global in nature. But that's really interesting. She makes this global premise of everybody, every adult anyways, getting this box. Um and then takes it down to the nitty gritty of individual, very well-rounded characters on the decisions they're forced mm-hmm. to make. And the consequences. And the consequences of their decisions. Right. And um, so, yeah, when I look back, I realize she did a really, really good job. I'm overall, I'm pretty um, impressed. Yeah, it was definitely, like you said, an easy read, easy chapters to, you know, start and stop, which mm-hmm. is kind of nice when you're reading a book as well. Um yeah, overall, I thought it was just made you think, right? It did make you think, and that, like I said, that that I think for a first novel, and it was published after as, COVID, so yes. pretty recently. That's yeah, true. You definitely see undertones of maybe Anthony Trump. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You do. You do see the political climate, um, right, in the background there coming into play, and yeah, that how could that not have influenced her on this kind of global right. question? So that does come through, but not not so in your face that it it precludes the um you know the enjoyment of the novel or takes over mm-hmm. i guess so it still is about these people and the decisions that they make and how they make them and why they make them and what happens because of it so overall like i i enjoyed it i would read it again i'd read anything else she ever yeah decides to publish well i think it, it became popular because it, it is it was timely right because we had just finished um covid mm-hmm. Right. So people were isolated. Maybe she was when she wrote this book. That's true. I don't know, but definitely how it affected. The Maybe that's what spurred the question. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're in the pandemic and, mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of no rhyme or reason as to why some people get COVID and others don't. And then some people, it was a minor flu for others. It was life threatening or actually, you know, ended their lives. And so it was kind of this crazy unknown. It's almost like the strings in a way right. came in and, and affected the globe and um, really caused people to rethink their lives and who they were spending it with and what they were doing and what would they do if something mm-hmm. were to happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe I, I hadn't thought about that before, but maybe that yeah, was a connection. It sounds like she did write it maybe during or right after if it was published. So kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, ultimately she wanted everyone to think about how you're living your life. You know, and if you had a timeline, if you would live it differently. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's a question everybody should ask themselves. We get so caught up in 
where to work and what we're doing and the errands and the, you know, the day-to-day -day stuff that sometimes time goes by and you realize, wow, I didn't really make any conscious choices mm -hmm. about my life. I just mm -hmm. went through the motions of those mm -hmm. are the things, my to-do list and things I had to do. But, you know, when you get the chance to make some conscious choices, you need to, you need to be present and yeah. think about it and make those decisions accordingly. String or no string. String or no string. That's right. And it's hard. Like I think Maura was talking about, like she wanted to quit her job, but she needed the money. Like not everybody who got a short string could just be like, okay, I'm going to quit my job and travel. Right. Travel right? the world. Because right. Maybe their, you know, family depended on them or they couldn't. But, um, you know, certainly like Hank, I think that was his butt. But, and he had like, I guess like an extreme short string. He did. He right? did. Yeah. So his, his, uh, his time in the book might be limited, but it's very powerful and his perspective. And I think mm -hmm. it, was, it was obviously purposeful. She made him a doctor mm -hmm. so that he had a unique view when this all first started of how people were reacting um, to, to their strings and what he saw in his emergency room. And then of course we see it play out for him in a, in a different way um, in the connection with the, with the politician. But, but yeah, I think he was short lived per se, but powerful. Yeah. Definitely. In the book. In the mm -hmm. book. So yeah, definitely. I think we would, we would recommend this book. Yeah, what what did you give it? What's your uh, what's your star rating? I I guess if I wish I could do halves. If we're doing the one, well, why don't five, we do? Halves? Yeah, right. Just because Goodreads doesn't yeah, doesn't we, mean we don't have we to. We can't do it. I I think I'd give it a four and a half. Yeah, I'd say like a solid maybe four. Four for you, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because when we first talked about it, I probably would have given it like a two and a half. Right, right. Because just, I was so concerned about well, I'd want to know. know where the strings came from, but. Yeah. Um, obviously it's different book, different author needs to write that book. Um, but now that I thought a lot about it, which is again, right. it makes you think mm -hmm. that I, I think she was really, really skillful in how she managed to. Yeah. And it's definitely, it. I mean, any book that keeps you thinking and contemplate your own life and what you would do is, you know, it's always a good, good sell. Good read. Right. And yeah, that's exactly read. what you want books to do. Cause there are, you know, we've talked about this before I go through my list of somebody will mention a book and I say, Oh yeah, I read that. And then I have to think for a second, mm -hmm. but I was don't it, remember what right. it was about. I remember it was something about it. Was something, this. and I, I read it, and, you know, but for this book, I think I'll always, it will, it will come back mm -hmm. to me, what it was about, and what her point was, and what the, the big question was of the plot. So, right. Definitely. Yeah. So that is powerful, so I give her credit for that. So, yeah, overall, we are a thumbs up. Yeah, I feel like it's a thumbs up, definitely worth a read. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I'm almost done with this cocktail. I know. It's pretty yeah. delicious. The cocktail <laughs> is really good. So I would recommend um, partaking in this libation. It mm -hmm. is very refreshing. The fate is good here. Yeah, the fate is good. Did short it make you feel any differently that you got the short straw? Um, No, <laughs> it makes it easier for me to suck up my cocktail. So. <laughs> okay, so mm -hmm. perfect. So it is good. So yeah, good choice on the cocktail. I think it makes okay. sense. Fate. It was definitely all about fate. Yes. And yeah, really, really liked it. So, so what are some other things that you're so what are reading? I, yeah. So I'm well, as you know, um, I have my goals on Goodreads. What's your goal for this year? So my goal is uh, forty. 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 So mine's fifty, and I think I'm either at forty-four or forty-five. I always seem to play catch up like in December last last year was particularly bad like I think I'd read 11 in December so don't know how much I really it's kind of crazy right to enjoy it nobody's yeah. gonna come the, the Goodreads police aren't gonna come to our house <laughs> and make sure you know that we read our our number but setting that goal it I know it's it impactful really and it bothers me well, if I'm not gonna reach it and they send you those warnings you know yeah you're three behind oh, I know I, behind. I am behind I may not make my goal which um 
I will try, but that kind of goes to, so the kind of, it's kind of interesting. So in December, I probably have, well, after the main holiday, we got a little time off. I have more time to sit and read, Mm -hmm. but I'm so focused on meeting my number. I've got to pick really short books (laughs) so I can, I can try and uh, catch up. It is affecting my choices. I absolutely. Well, I have a short book for you. And I should have brought it, but I don't know if you've already read it because I recently finished this one. That was The Swimmers by Julie Akuka. I've not read that. So it's really interesting. It's one of those books like I read and then I'm like, do I like this? Do I like it? I mean, there's definitely parts. It's very interesting. It's very different. Starts off with just a group of people who swim together at like a public pool. And then they kind of mention one of the characters and then the subsequent chapter is just on this one character um because she's kind of going crazy and so she goes into a assisted living Mm. facility Mm -hmm. it's actually very sad that chapter made me cry because it was kind of the perspective of her like what's happening to me Mm. kind of thing and she's losing her mind but it was really different and thought-provoking and very short very short so (laughs) i don't remember how short but it was a quick read so i'm going to add that to my list because yeah yeah, we are uh, might want to finish yeah so i have to finish that one so I just recently finished a book called The Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel, I believe her name is. I think it's her second, maybe third book. Um, again, it was pretty short. Um, she crammed a lot into that short, uh, short number of pages, and it was really, it was really interesting. I did enjoy it. I'm not usually a sci-fi kind of person, but I'm trying to expand a little bit. And she kind of mm. crosses that edge between sci-fi and more true fiction. And um it had to do with time travel and, and the initials. Many of the characters live like two or 300 years from where we are now and they've colonized the moon and uh, even other planets. And yet Earth still exists and they still have people now, rather than living like a state away, they might live a planet away mm. from from their loved ones and how some time travel works there. It, it was interesting. Um, again, it was short. I think it was really good. She also wrote Station Eleven, which I haven't read yet, which was, mm. I think, written before the pandemic yet it is kind of about a pandemic so I will consider adding that on my list not my usual read but I think it's good to try something different and you know um yeah so I'm gonna probably add that one and then another book I'm reading right now is called Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll and it is from the perspectives of the victims of Ted Bundy Mm. so you know you hear so much about these mass murderers and they're so glamorized so mm-hmm. I thought it sounded kind of interesting and um so I I haven't really read too much of it yet but um it kind of goes like you know he had murdered um some young women from a sorority house so it's talking about like the night that it happened and kind of everything that happened before and after and how they were treated by the police and it it reminds me of that book by Chanel Oh, Miller. Yes. Know my name a little. And I think it's interesting and important for us to read books about victims, you know, and their perspectives of these crimes instead of just glorifying these criminals. I mean, you know, the true crime is very interesting. Everybody loves those true crime stories. But I think part of the reason why they're compelling is also, you know, how it affects the victims and their families. So, yeah. yeah, So I just started, but so far it's, it's pretty good. So that's, that's going to be one of my six. six <laughs> so she, finish so she finishes in the, like, in the next few. Yes. Next few. Well, that sounds good. I think that is great. I, I, I focus on the victims, not the perpetrators. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've got we're a different. lot lot going on and, and um, we're going to continue making choices and plans for our podcast. Yeah, this is exciting. It's our first one, but we hope to kind of highlight. I know The Measure was a pretty popular book, yeah. but we thought it would be a good book 
for discussion, but mm -hmm. um, maybe just some different books, you know, every month that we think would appeal. Right. Because we do love all the other books, but it's almost, you know, we there are thousands of books. I think I read a number. I want to say around 3,000. I'd have to check that. Wow. Publishing in the United States. That's just the United States every year. And of course, not all of them are going to be chosen by Oprah or Reese or, or you know, mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean they're not great novels. Right. There's a lot that goes behind and into a novel and to those that ultimately kind of rise to the top. But um, there's a lot of good stories out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so we want to kind of explore those on our podcast. So um, we read the popular ones too. We love them. They're great. They are good and they deserve the accolades they're getting, but there are others that also deserve that. And we want to focus on those because we enjoy them. Yes, for sure. Um, okay. Well, I think that sounds pretty good. Um, I would say I would encourage everybody to follow us on the dot reading dot lounge dot podcast on Instagram. Right. And then you could also email us at the reading lounge podcast, one word at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, um, maybe some nice critiques. No, I'm just kidding. And yeah. critiques. <laughs> yeah. Critiques are good. As we move Constructive forward. critiques. Yes. yes. And yep. then look for our notes um, to get our cocktail recipe and we will post what our next book will be um, soon. Also, absolutely. So follow us on Instagram. We'll, we'll share some other things that we're reading that may not make it to a podcast, but um, we do like, we love books. Mm -hmm. We've always loved books and we always talked about books and um, we are in a book club. We've started other book clubs that have ended up being a book club <laughs> of two because I guess we are like-minded and we, we enjoy, we enjoy all kinds of books um, from short books to very long books to nonfiction fiction. And so we've just kind of always aligned on, on that. You know, loving, loving literature, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. So follow us. The information will be in the show notes. And we hope you join us again yes. in the Reading Lounge. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for joining us today.